Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the Battlefield of Life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick a tape in, hit the track, onwards! Episode two, you dirty little rascals. We're back. Yes. Hands up. Who thought we would get this far? Me neither. But here we are. Episode two of the Battlefield Show. I'm in the fucking bay window broadcasting to the street. Episode two. How the fuck? How the fuck have you been? How the fuck have you been? I've been great. Thanks for asking. Off the bat, straight away. Huge, huge, massive, huge shout out to all the rascals that came out to the gigs recently for the tour shows. Um, Harbour Arts Centre in Irvine, Cumbernauld Theatre, funnily enough, in Cumbernauld, and Aberdeen for the Aberdeen Comedy Festival. Um, three amazing gigs, three amazing nights. I cannot thank you all enough for coming out. Um, Harbour Arts Centre, first time I've ever been there with a solo show. Uh, I did a, I think it may have been a preview, like a fringe preview or something like that, years and years ago. Um, but it's the first time I have been there um, with my own show, and the first time I've been back in about five or six years, and it was an absolute joy, did not disappoint. So uh, thank you so much to everyone who came out and had a great wee night with us. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Also, shout out to Jamie, the tech, um, on the night at Harbour Arts Centre. I don't think techs get enough. Thank you from the performers and can I say, after working with some, a number of technicians throughout the years, um, I've never seen a man take more time and dedication to taping down cables than the bold Jamie and it didn't go unnoticed, I thanked him on the night, it is the most, it was a work of art, it is the most spectacular cable work I've ever seen and I, I don't think enough performers appreciate that or thank their techs enough so Jamie thank you young man a lot of techs um, they're used to musicians and bands so they'll wrap the cord around the stand fucks up a lesser comic they come out they kind of get the stand uh, the mic at the stand the cable's wrapped and they're thrown they're like oh no you know and the audience look into the whites of his eyes and see, fuck me, this guy can't even get the stand. It's sorted together. What's his comedy going to be like? And they switch off and you're done. Obviously, no, no me, you know, you, you merely just loop it round, make a joke and carry on, but the bold Jamie, beautiful gaffer tape work. Beautiful. Nice and tight, nice sharp 90 degree angles, taking the, taking the cabling away from the... Boom, is that what it's called? It's not a boom. A fucking talk back. <laughs> the fucking speaker at the front. So we can hear what we're saying. What the fuck is that called? Fuck knows. There's a wee speaker at the front so we can hear. Anyway. So huge thank you to everyone who came out um, for those gigs. Um, it was a lovely weekend. And also thank you to everybody who has listened to episode one. Um, I was absolutely shouting myself putting it out there. Because... Um, you know, you get a few negative comments, as always, with everything. People saying, I think you should have done this, big man. Well, you start a podcast, you cunt. But um, I was prepared for that. Oddly, this time, normally, um, anything I've done in the past, because I, I like to work with people. Uh, I like to do things with other people. It's, it's a nice creative process. Um, so normally, I'm the kind of voice of reason. 
um, when I've been working with people and they go, oh, did you see that Facebook comment? And I'll say, it doesn't matter, man. Ignore it, right? Are you enjoying it? That's fine. But because this is me on my Todd, I did kind of look at them and go, are they right? No, you're not right. I'm right. But thank you to everyone who has listened and who enjoyed it. Um, it was lovely. Thank you for sharing it. Um, the podcast is available from a number of different places. I know a, a few of you have had troubles finding it, um, but I think that's because I uh, uploaded the fucker and then had to wait for a whole load of places to confirm it, and I'm still waiting on iTunes to confirm the fucking podcast, the Dirty Bastards. So hopefully it's on um, Apple Podcasts and iTunes soon, but it is on SoundCloud, it's on Spotify, uh, it's on Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, uh, it's on a whole load of fucking places. But if you go to these uh, different sites, search The Battlefield Show or go to my website, scottgibbonsoncomedy.co.uk, hit the podcast tab and you will be able to listen to all the links on there. In fact, you should do that now. Go to scottgibbonsoncomedy.co.uk, sign up for the mailing list because there's going to be a mail shot getting dropped in the next week or two with um, some exciting information on next year's Glasgow Comedy Festival um, when I'll be doing a brand new show. And as always, um, we're going to offer a wee early bird ticket discount to everyone on the mailing list. So right now, if everybody on the mailing list... Well, actually, if a quarter of the people on the mailing list bought a ticket, would sell out. So get on the mailing list and when the early bird drops, get your tickets quick for that. But I'm not going to say any more about this. But yes, go on the website, join up, do the links, share it, blah de blah Thanks for listening. Um, let's carry on. So it's been a it's been a fun week since we last spoke. I have obviously seen Joker or the Joker or whatever you want to call it. It's been it's been a it's been a mad week, hasn't it? We've had Joker, we've got Vardygate. Um, I actually had one of the best coffees I've ever had in my life uh, this week since I've last done the podcast. Coffee is. I never realised how important it is to me until I tried to come off coffee. I've done it a few times where I've said I'm drinking far too much coffee. Like today, for example, I'm doing a bit of work chasing uh, invoices, as is the life of someone who is self-employed, and writing down notes for the podcast. And in between the course of maybe two and a half hours, I think I've sunk about five coffees now. I think with with my love for this drink that it's time to invest in an actual coffee machine. I don't mean one of these mean Nespresso fuckers. You stick a pod in and it churns out about a foamy dishwater. I've had one of them in the past. They're they're alright. Okay. They're no they're no end special. If you've got a hundred pound coffee machine, like one of these the new Nespresso's anyway, and you're sticking a pod that you got out a little that was 10 for 179 it doesn't matter how fancy your fucking machine is it's still going to be a cup of shite coffee that's getting churned out and that's what I'm now realising I think that when I make a coffee in the house obviously bit of instant stick a kettle on and you get a job done nobody's Nobody's having a fancy coffee if they're if they're busy. Does that make sense? Like you're, you're never instant coffee is, is a working drink. Do you know what I mean? Kettle on, right? Two scoops in the cup. You've got a favourite cup. You know, it's a cup you've had for a number of years. It's a cup that you know the the dimensions, the the diameters. You know how much coffee it needs. You know, some mugs in the house, some cups, they might be a one-spinner. But you know this is a two-spinner, a three-spinner, because the size it, because you've had it, you know everything about this cup. You know you know how much water goes in it, you know how long to let it stand before you add sugar, before you add milk, if you take those things. But you know the dimensions of this mug to make the best coffee that you can have in the house. Right? And when you're making that coffee, you're either doing two things... You're either waking the fuck up or you're getting the fuck on. Right? First thing in the morning, boom, half asleep, 
drag the eye bogies out your out your eyeballs, kettle on, cough in the mug, get it in you. Right, fucking boom, bit of charge to tackle the day and plough on through another day of fucking hell. Or you've got stuff to do, right? You've got invoices to send, you've got an ag- passive aggressive emails to send to fucking promoters, you're doing updates on websites, you're trying to get things loaded on iTunes, blah, 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 blah. Get a fucking kettle on, get a coffee made, get in about it. Nobody is boiling a kettle, having a coffee, and then sitting back and relaxing with a cup of instant, you know? And the same way the reverse of that is, nobody's ever, like a builder, tradesman in the house, you know, no one's ever made them a beautiful latte with some amazing artwork on top of it and then handed it to a working and went, hey, I'll just get under these floorboards and pull that wire through. Instant coffee is a working drink. But with my love of coffee and the amount that I consume, I think it's time that I invest in a... I'm sniffing here, sorry. I think it's time I invest in a, in a proper coffee machine. And I know it's going to be wanky, right? And I know people will say, it's because you live in Edinburgh now, big man. You're turning into a fucking hipster. I just think, at 35-year-old, I should be able to make a proper coffee. I watched a YouTube video of a guy the other day, right? Now, he, it's, uh can't remember the guy's name, right? I'll, I'll remember it at some point. Loads of photography stuff, loads of video stuff. I was actually watching a tutorial of how to add the audio wave thing to uh, a video right so that i could upload the podcast to youtube so i could put a holder image and then upload the audio and i was i was watching this on youtube and i also started to think how the fuck how did people how did people learn i mean that's a stupid question scott how did people learn things before youtube they went to school right that's how they fucking studied but if you were just a guy in the house do you know what i mean Obviously, you never had the internet, but the internet was a room before YouTube. But to actually be able to sit and have no knowledge of Adobe After Effects, right? Didn't even know what the fuck it was. Luckily, because my girlfriend's a graphic designer, she's got all the Adobe shit. So I, I saw the wee icon, and then I went, oh, fucking, there you go, Bob's your uncle. Clicked it, watched a video. Half an hour later, we fucking done it. No. If I can sit and watch a clip of a guy talking me through how to edit something in Adobe After Effects to then upload to YouTube so that you can watch an animated version of the audio file on YouTube, then surely I can let me make a coffee because in that video he went, let's take a coffee break, whatever that accent is, went away and fucking made he sell this fancy coffee. Now, I'm maybe not going to go to the level where he was... Would I grind my own bean? Oh, hello, Vicar. I would grind my own bean. But then he, he was weighing it out, you know, to get the right number of grams. Maybe maybe you need that. Maybe you need... I don't know. There's so much. I need to learn. I think I need to start with a coffee machine. I think I need to get a decent coffee. If any of you out there have got an actual coffee machine where you grind your own beans, maybe no roast them. That's taking it too far, right? But you grind your own beans up. You put it in that wee thing, you know, is it tamper? Is that what it's called? And you fucking go, dink, dink, dink. And then you put it, you wait, and then you get that wee pound, and you press it, and they turn it, and oh, fuck me. And then it's in it, and you know. Oh. Foaming your milk. Imagine foaming your own milk. Why do, why do all these terms sound so sexual? Grinding your bean and foaming your milk? Foam your own milk, or is it froth? You say foam, I say froth. Foam in your milk. And then making it... Ima- imagine having friends run, you know. Family members. You're, you're having a nice Sunday dinner. Or oh, the boys are up to play FIFA 20. You're like, anyway, what a coffee? Nah, I know you're probably having a beer. I know that, but I'm just saying the scenario where you would say to someone, do you want a coffee? And they go, I love a coffee. And you go in there and fucking... <laughs> And you present them with barista quality coffee. They'd be like, mine's blown. You know? Franco, how the fuck do you guys say? Done it in the kitchen, boys. 
got myself one of the fancy cough machines. I've been on YouTube, watched a few tutorials. I did look at a barista course here in Edinburgh, right? When you go to this fucking coffee shop, they teach you how to be a barista, blah, 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 blah. And then as I was reading them, I think, obviously my mental health suffering this day because what the fuck am I doing? Plus, it was £172. What? £172? Think of the fucking coffee you could buy for that! £172 to go and have some cunt teach you how to make coffee. Insane. I mean, you could buy a fucking... Hundreds of coffees for that. But... I think, I think it's time to learn, man. I think that we should all... Because it can't be that hard. We've all been to a coffee shop, right? This is something else. We've all had a good coffee, right? One of the best coffees, if not the best coffee, too. One in Barcelona. Never asked for any fancy. Just sat down this wee shop. I went, can I just get a white coffee? And he brought me one of the finest cups of coffee I've ever had in my life. And is it Little Italy in Soho in London? Oh, my God. What a coffee. Again... Feels like a proper Italian coffee. Do you know what I mean it's no latte? It's no flat white. It's just a it's just a wee white coffee, and it's one size. It's none of this fucking Costa coffee. Do you want something that you could wash your dog in? It's just a one a nice wee size cup of the finest coffee ever. And I just think it's time to learn to do it. You know. So if anybody out there has got like a proper, it doesn't need to be fancy, but like a proper coffee machine. Hit me up, man. Get in touch. Let me know what make. Let me know what I should be looking for. Because I think it's something that we would all we would all love to be able to do it. Make a fucking brilliant coffee. Here's a wee factoid for you, right? And I'll give you a, I'll give you a minute to shout. But your phone, your radio, whoever, wherever you listen to this. How many cups of coffee do you think we drink per day in the UK? How many? Go. 95 million. What? 95 million cups of coffee are drunk every day in the United Kingdom. And how many of them are shite coffees? 94 and a half million probably. We deserve good coffee, man. I'm going to get a coffee machine. That's it. I've decided. Right. I went to see Joker. At the weekend, and it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. I was, I've not been as nervous going to see a film for a long time, maybe even ever. As nervous, the right word, apprehensive, just because I think we can all agree when Heath Ledger's Joker came out, that Batman, that was one of the best films. Not only one of the best Batman films, but that was one of the best films for years. You know, if not one of the best films that I had ever seen. An amazing film, right? One of the iconic performances in film. I think we, I think we would all agree on that. And even for the fact that Heath Ledger died, I don't think that people now wrap that up because of that. I think generally that's one of the best films ever. And so when it was announced that the next film they were doing was Joker. I was a bit confused by it, right? Now I don't understand the whole Marvel DC thing. I don't I don't know a comic book guy. But I had heard a few years ago, and obviously you hear rumours of films and stuff, and, and from having a very tiny, tiny peek behind the curtain into television in this country, I know how long it takes things to, to get made, so I can only imagine how long you know, Hollywood films take to be put together, written, produced, and, and made. But the rumour I had heard a few years ago was that the next Batman movie, and that kind of new adult remake, if you like, where it's not kind of comic booky, it's more, um, it's more, it's more aimed for for adults. Was that Eddie Murphy was going to play the Riddler? Now, even the thought of that. I think that would have been an incredible film for Eddie Murphy to play the Riddler or even for Jim Carrey to to come back and play the Riddler again but, but a more adult version of it than that kind of 
you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Doc, Mr. Freeze or Dr. Freeze, that bullshit, you know, so that, that would have been exciting, and I thought that would have been the next film. But then when I heard Joaquin Phoenix was playing the Joker, and when you, when you watch certain trailers, I think it does lead you to believe that the film is possibly something else than it is, because I'll be honest, I was watching it for maybe about an hour, thinking, when's it going to start? When, when's he going to fucking go mental? That's what was in the back of my head. In the last 20, 25 minutes of the film are arguably the best part of it for me. Like, I, I came out of the cinema thinking, wow. Like, genuine wow. And it's been a long time since I've seen a film and left with that, that sensation of, I have just witnessed something and been able to carry on a conversation about it. But now that I've had time to kind of think about it in my head, and it's been in my head since the day I saw it, that first hour, if you like, is such such a strong build of the character and the situation that Arthur or, or, or the Joker is in that it impacts so heavily on the last 20 minutes when he becomes the Joker, if you want. It's just a spectacular, it's just a spectacular piece of acting from Joaquin Phoenix and just a spectacular film. I thought it was absolutely great. Again, Twitter now has become one of those things where I fucking absolutely despise it, man. And I don't know if it's because the certain people that I still follow, and I fucking don't know why I do, man. I saw a lot of comics, because in, in the film, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you, because if you've not seen it by this point, you're a fucking asshole and you should have seen it. He wants to become a stand-up comic, right? And it's simply a, a a side story or a backstory in it. And just the amount of bullshit comments for, for comics that I saw, just I, I don't know if there's this pressure now, maybe in the UK, where comics feel as if they have to be online all the time. You know, that they've, they've got to offer. Like, for example, last week, when we had Pizza Express shutting down, who gives a fuck? Really? Who gives a flying fuck? No one. But the amount of bullshit jokes that I saw in there from, from comics with Pizza Express, I'm like, you're better than that. And if that is the best level of joke that you can come up with, fucking give up, man. And also this outpouring of people going, I, I just want to say if anyone who works at Pizza Express would like to come to my gig at the weekend free of charge, then please get in touch because, you know, I've been there and I've lost my job and I know how hard it is. Do you, I mean, how bad a fucking week do you think the staff at Peaks Express are having? By the way, guys, turn the oven off. I need to get these fucking frozen dough balls in, gaffer. Turn the oven off, Steve. Our time has come, boys. Peaks Express is no more. But on the upside... You can go and see this fucking shite comic that can't gig anywhere for free. Yippity-doo-da! People lose their jobs every fucking day. As we are recording this, as you are listening to this, some poor bastards in a situation where they're struggling. But this idea that as long as you feed the bullshit of social media... Oh, isn't he just such a good person? He did, You know, he offered... Pizza Express staff a free gig. How they may get to the gig? Well, they had to pay for a taxi and a babysitter, you know, um, and then it was £8 a pint in the venue, but they go in for free. But how did they go home? Well, then, then they had to get a taxi home. So the whole night cost about 140 quid and he said his lights turned off, but he, he offered them a free ticket, so he's a good cunt. But the jokes that were made about the, the film, about the Joker, are just weak, man. They're just poor. Because I thought it was a, a fucking amazing film. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and I think the element of it, because in the film he wants to be a stand-up comic, that there's been so many comedians ask for their opinion on it or, or to somehow review it as if that matters a fuck. It's just a story, man. The crux of it is that I took from it, and I suppose we, we may all take different things, and that's the joy of, of something like you know, a, a film or a piece of art like that, because it is a piece of art, is that we all have the potential 
maybe not for, for murder or, or to kill someone, maybe we do, but we all have a breaking point. And when the film unfolds and you start to see the lies that have been told to this to this man, you know, take take aside the fact that you you think you understand who the character of the Joker is, and in this film is is if it's effectively a human, it's a, it's a person who has become this thing that you think you know. And the amazing thing about this film for me is I hate origin stories. When it comes to like comic book characters or superheroes, I couldn't give a fuck how they became. Superman, how they became Batman, I don't care, you know, I just want to, I just want to get into the movie, and that is the contrast between this one and, and Heath Ledger's Joker, because there's, there's no origin of Heath Ledger, it's just bang, he's the baddie this time, you know, you, you don't know how he got to this point, you don't know where he was in the first film, it doesn't matter, because we're straight into the action, straight into the mix, Whereas this is an origin story of how the Joker became the Joker, and it's, it's a beautiful story of just a guy who's down in his luck, had an awful traumatic upbringing, and I suppose the message is that we all have a breaking point. And when he breaks, he fucking breaks. <laughs> it's an amazing film, man. It's an absolutely amazing film. I cannot recommend it highly enough. You you need to go and see it if you haven't seen it. I'm actually going back to go and see it again. It's the first time I've gone to see a movie twice for for quite some time. Uh, I loved it that much. Um, but also, please don't all dress up as the Joker at Halloween. You know, imagine if you've got a mustard waistcoat in the house or you were raiding through your grandparents' stuff as you were cleaning the flat out and you found a, a mustard waistcoat. If you got that on eBay, you'd probably get about 600 quid for it. But I go and see the Joker, man. If you haven't already, it's absolutely fucking spectacular. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Right, let's do some questions. Huge thank you to everyone who got in touch. Um, a lot of these on the social medias. Uh, you can also go to the website scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. There's a contact form on there if you want to drop me anything that's a bit longer, or you can email in. But um, thanks to everyone who got in touch, um, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, I am on Facebook as Scott Gibson Comedy, Twitter and Instagram is Big Scott Gibson, so if you haven't, follow those pages, um, and if you've got anything you want to ask me, anything at all, it can be a mad question, as some of these are, it can be a more in-depth question, um, or if you've got a topic or a news item for me, please do get in touch, but thank you to everyone who has, um, right, First one, Malky McKechnie. Um, Malky, thanks for getting in touch. Done so through Facebook. Malky has asked, what item could you buy in a shop that would make the person on the till embarrassed? <laughs> Fucking. Is this from a a place recently, Malky, where you've had an issue? I mean, obviously the first thing you're going to say is cucumber, right? I mean, if you were to go... As a man... As, as a woman, would it, would it work the same? I don't know. But if you were a guy, a grown man, and you went into any supermarket and bought a single cucumber, no nothing else, you stand in line, you don't go to self-checkout, you stand in line with a single cucumber, the first thing they're going to think is, he's sticking up his ass. <laughs> they're not thinking this boy's going to hate me with a salad. You know? Or possibly he's got a hungry guinea pig at home. Unless guinea pig's a euphemism for your asshole. I don't know. But if you bought a cucumber and, and nothing else, that's it. I and mean, if you had like a lettuce, you know, bag of radish, a radish eye, whatever the plural is for radish, a sweet pepper, a red onion, they're going to go, he's making a salad. You know? They're not going to think, wait a minute, all of this stuff's a decoy for the cucumber that's going to be shite pipe. <laughs> why Why do people put cucumbers up their ass? Right, and I know you're going to say it's like a bobby. I have never seen a bobby that looks like a cucumber in my life. Unless it's the Incredible Hulk. But I imagine his is more like a green butternut squash than a cucumber. 
But then you know what? It's 2019. See if you want to buy a cucumber. See if you got up every day. Right, Malky? I'll say this to you now, Malky McKechnie. Go in touch on Facebook. If you got up every morning, you get dressed, you get washed. Well, you get washed, then you get dressed. It's the wrong way around. Then you go to your work, your job, that you hate, but you graft, you know, because you give back to society. You pay your bills. You look after your family, your mother. And then on a Friday night, you like six cans of lager and you stick a cucumber at your ass. you fucking knock yourself out, son. But cucumber's definitely the, the one thing you could buy. Johnny's, no so much new. When you're, when you're young, you're embarrassed buying Johnny's, you know. Because you're like, do they think I'm going to be shagging? Do they think I'm making water balloons? What am I doing? But now, standard cucumber. Lube. <laughs> Gary Little used to have an amazing bit about buying a dildo in a supermarket. I don't know if he's got it online anywhere, but if you ever get a chance to see that, that that's a very, very funny, funny routine, man. But a guy try to buy a dildo at a supermarket and no scanning, and then his ass collapses and she's looking for a code. Absolutely brilliant. But I cucumber milky. That's got to be the one thing that everybody would be sh- even if you're even if you've got a full. <laughs> I mean, I've had it right. I would buy cucumbers all the time. In fact, I've got two in the fridge right now. Um, even if you've got like a hundred pound of shopping on that conveyor belt, you know, <laughs> there's still a bit in your head. <laughs> there's still a wee voice in your head, like. When they scan the cucumber, boop, you want to say, I'm not sticking that up my arse, by the way. <laughs> that's probably no, that's probably no even entered their mind. You know, they're probably just looking going like, they're just getting a shot them, right? They've got it all. Cereal, milk, tins, fruit, store cupboard items, cucumber. They're not thinking they're going to go home and have a cracking dinner. And then fire a cucumber up their ass. That's not what they're thinking. But that's maybe in your head. You want to make it clear. You want to make it clear to the wee guy in Lidl as you're fucking breaking a Guinness World Record for packing a bag. Just so you know, mate, that cucumber's for a salad. It's not going up my shider. All right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they should have two boxes of cucumbers in a supermarket. One for salad and one for assholes. <laughs> Maybe that's what the whole wonky vegetable movement was about. Morrison's are sitting having a meeting going, I am sick to the back teeth. A perfectly good cucumber's getting rattled up people's assholes. We need to bring in some wonky veg, right? Set that aside. 20 pence for a cucumber. They can bugger themselves with that. Surely you've been it after as well. You can't, you mean you couldn't eat. Maybe that's the problem with food waste. We need to find out what Greta Thunberg thinks of that. People sticking fucking veg up their arsehole. But thank you, Malky. Thanks for getting in touch. I definitely would say cucumber. Also, some guys are probably embarrassed like buying lingerie or something like that. I imagine the most embarrassing thing with that is just knowing the size that you're getting. Because if you go in and say, what size does your, your girlfriend think? She's got cracking tits. That's not a size. It should be. But definitely a cucumber. Malky, thank you for getting in touch. Giant Steve um, on Twitter. Um, Giant Steve. Uh, what a name, man. Uh, he has asked, how do you think the fringe went this year? Um, it went all right, big man. I think it went all right. It was quieter this year. Um I felt kind of bad because my my numbers, uh, by numbers, technical, speak for punters, bums on seats. So my numbers this year were pretty good, almost the exact same as last year actually. Um, so there was quite a lot of shows that were quiet, so I felt kind of bad that um, 
you know, I was doing okay, but at the same time, fucking, you're, you're a lone wolf in this game, man. Um, the best thing about the Fringe this year was living in Edinburgh. Now, every year for the Fringe, I'll, I'll move through for the month, but you, you are, you're living in a box. Living in a box. You're stuck in a, in a room because even if you're, like, in a two-bedroom, the living room will be rent out as a bedroom. The fucking cupboards rent out. The hallways rent out. The kitchen's rent out. There's nowhere to go other than the room you're in. So it was a complete game changer. Been able to come home to my own flat with my missus and the animals and just chill and sit with the dog and relax in the morning, watch the telly, scratch your arse, you know, have a cup of coffee. Yeah, that's when I needed a fucking good machine then. So it was nice. The, the fringe is a, is a monster. It's an absolute monster. It's got to the point where... I think it's out of control, man. It's too big. There's no, there's no real quality control at the festival, you know. So any fucker can turn up, and that's, I suppose, it depends how you look at it. No, it's not exactly a bad thing, but it can put certain people off comedy because even the point now, if you go to one of the big venues, you know, a, a lot of them are controlled heavily by agents and promoters and. There'll be people in there who who I think shouldn't be anywhere near a stage, but then that's that's someone's opinion. Cause you know, if I think someone shit, someone else might think they're they're just bad. <laughs> but there's a the positives to the fringe is it's a month when you've got the opportunity to see some of the most amazing talent from throughout the world. You know, across a whole load of different disciplines. There's, there's obviously. Some great comics here, uh, some amazing writers and plays and, and um, magicians, uh, circus acts, some street performers, some amazing street performers. But it's a, it's a monster, man. It's just it's just huge. And from being a resident, if you want to say that now, I can see how normal people in Edinburgh would get incredibly pissed off with the festival. Because you literally just can't go anywhere. It's one of these cities where it's tourism all year round. But you just cannot move. You literally cannot move. And I saw it for myself where places I would maybe go to get some food or, or you know, get a drink or something like that. During the month, suddenly there's an extra two, three pound added on you each thing and item. You think, oh, you're just fucking taking the piss. But then if I ran a business, would I not take the piss as well? Of course you would, man. You know what I mean? You have one good month, you can probably relax for the rest of the year. I don't know. But I enjoyed it. I have found a, a nice rhythm to the festival where I don't involve myself in the bullshit and the drama and the fucking kissing arses. I just keep myself and myself. I've got three or four very close friends um, who I see every day or regular. And I do my show. I did the wee podcast this year with, with Harriet, um, which we'll be doing next year. And late in life. And it was just fun, man. It was a nice... It was a nice month it's taken me this is this was my fourth fringe festival and it's probably taken to this time for me to really just find my groove and and find a way to kind of make the month last this is also the first time i've not been sick uh last year hospitalized again you know just after because you just burn yourself out so i it was a good festival and i enjoyed it again i never saw as much as i wanted to see but you know that's part of it, it goes it goes too quick but and also, on this occasion, thank you to everyone who did come along to the festival. Um, it's the first time that I've been very comfortable with the show after the first few previews. What happens is the comedy section starts two days before the festival, and those two days are previews. So it's cheap tickets, and it's a chance for you to get used to the room that you're in and work through any problems. And normally the first week, I will be making changes to the show, maybe moving something about, making it a bit tighter, dropping something, adding something in, that kind of thing. And this is the very first time where, after the second preview, I was like, nah, perfect, that's the show, that's the hour, don't need to change it, press play. And it was nice, man, it was nice, so I felt comfortable from the start, I had a nice wee run, I had some good laughs, and I, it was a it was a good festival, man. So, and I'll be back next year with a new show, which I'm just kind of starting to put together just now, which is mental, considering this is October, and we just came off the festival in August, and now we are already thinking about next year so thanks for that mate um giant steve on twitter getting in touch uh, and of course i am big scott gibson on twitter if anyone wants to drop 
Uh, a question, right? Let's do let's do one more. Um, I've obviously got a few here, so we'll try and get through these. But one more. Uh, Ian Bowie has asked: Is there a cut off for guys wearing the must-have trainers, Air Force Ones or Nike Air Jordans? Ian, I don't think so, mate. I think you wear what you want. I had a friend of mine who, now, he did, uh, he, he was divorced, he, he recently was divorced, and this is at a time, now, it's a few years now, he's actually remarried, but he was recently divorced at the time, going through a bit of a very early midlife crisis and a slight breakdown, and he's kind of changed his whole look and his vision on life, you know, because life is just for living. But he did say to me, a man over the age of 30 shouldn't wear trainers, and that is a load of bullshit. I think you wear what you want. No. There are some people who cannot wear certain things, right? I am what's known as a big fat boy, right? A bear, a big man, a chubby lad, whatever you want to call it. There's certain things I can't wear, right? I'd love to be, you know, I was going to say I'd love to be a wee thin guy. I wouldn't. I'd hate to be a wee thin guy. I like being a big man. But there's always certain clothes I can't wear. Within that, if you're comfortable wearing something, you wear what the fuck you want, mate. I have seen some mad get-ups in my time, and I think, do you know what? Fucking rock it. Trainers are a big thing. You know, I, I, I've wear nothing else other than trainers. Air Force Ones is my brand. I think that Nike Air Force Ones are the greatest, most comfortable trainer ever made. If you don't have a pair of Air Force Ones, get yourself them. You can thank me later. I think we should all just wear Air Force Ones. I think we should dissolve fashion. We should all wear Air Force Ones. Nice pair of cargo shorts and a t-shirt. <laughs> Basically dress like a trendy hillbilly. <laughs> See people who wrestle alligators or like take one of the fucking hovercrafts out in a bayou. That's who I take my fashion sense from. <laughs> but Ian... Wear what you want, mate. You want to wear trainers? You fucking wear trainers, big man. Thanks for the question, Ian. Um, yeah, thanks for everybody who got in touch. There are some more. But we will keep them for another another day. Or I might answer them later and stick it out as a wee extra podcast to keep these ticking over during the week. Who knows? But Malky, Ian and Giant Stevie, thanks for your questions, boys. <laughs> Right, let's do my Alba section. Let's do some wonderful facts about Scotland. Hit the jungle! Doesn't it make you proud to be Scottish? Okay, um, this episode, Facts of Scotland, um, a section of the show where I will try and educate you, the masses, as long as, as well as myself, on interesting facts, stories, tales about Scotland, Scottish people, events in our history, because I know fuck all of our great nation, as I'm sure many of you don't either. So let's go straight in uh, and look at fact one for this week. Aberdeen Harbour Board, founded in 1136, is Britain's oldest running business. Say what? Nestled in Scotland's western shore, it has seen all major world events pass by in its 900-year history. Fucking what? Aberdeen Harbour Board. Britain's oldest running business. So is that older than India Trading Company? Must be. 1136. Fucking hell. What was Aberdeen? What were the strippers in Aberdeen like? In 11.36. God almighty. That does not even bear thinking about. Fact two. The Encyclopedia Britannica. A classic. Which is the Wikipedia of the past. Fucking hell. It isn't the Wikipedia of the past. For it to be. For the Encyclopedia Britannica. To be the Wikipedia of the past. You'd need to get a fucking ballpoint pen. Break into your mate's house in the middle of the night. And fucking scribble out shit in the Encyclopedia Britannica, filling in a whole load of crap on famous people throughout the world. Stick it back in his bookshelf, wait a couple of weeks for him to open it up and go, Ah, uh, Graham Alexander Bell invented the fucking anal beads. What? 
Anyway, the fact is the Encyclopedia Britannica originated in Scotland. I did not know that. It was an idea of an Edinburgh bookseller, Colin McFarker. Colin McFarker. Farquhar. Colin McFarquhar. I mean, there's a fucking English sounding posh bastard for the headline. Anyway, Encyclopedia Britannica originated in Scotland. Fact number three. Edinburgh was the most modern city in the world in its head in its head year. It's credited with having the world's first fire brigade in 1824. It was founded. Also, 1824 was year of the Great Fire of Edinburgh. <laughs> a fire, a fire accident which went on for five days and burned the city to ashes. Well, there's a fucking surprise, eh? How, how modern a city was it that it created the world's first fire brigade after the fucking city burnt down? Now, I, I would say that you are a forward-thinking modern city. If you if you get everyone together, you know, your your noble men and women. Eh? It's 2019. Although I imagine in 1824, there wasn't many women in that meeting. Anyway, listen, lads. Uh last night I had the chip pan on. I was making myself a nice wee fucking chip piece. And uh, you're not gonna believe this. Fucking tea towel. Whoosh, up it went. Took one of the good drapes with it, right? Fucking ridiculous. Had to stamp it out, bring in one of the orphan kids. And use it as a kind of makeshift paddle to knock the fire out. Thankfully, it's all right. We've got a new pair of curtains going tomorrow. But listen, what if that was what if that was a hoose up? You know, I've got to go get a bucket of water for the fucking street valve. Run back up the stairs. Flip. No, we've got to get some kind of 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 team together, a brigade, if you will. You know, to deal with potential fire. But what would we call this brigade who deals with fire? Oh, that's a, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a different conversation for another meeting, Stevie, but for the new, let's just agree that we need some kind of fire brigade. Fire brigade! There we go! Done! What year is it? 1824. Write that down. <laughs> There's your facts of Scotland this episode. Take them out into the world, share them, expand it. People need to know these things. They already know we're the greatest small country in the world. It's probably New Zealand, maybe even Fiji. But it's us, right? Aberdeen Harbour Board, founded in 1136, Britain's oldest running business, Encyclopedia Britannica. It was a Scottish country come up with the idea. And the world's first fire brigade, founded in Edinburgh, 1824. <laughs> Right, we are fastly approaching the end, so let's get some news items, man. Let's do the news. Play the jingle! Today's headlines. Bin Laden found in seashell. Tweezers in the bobby. Apple made me gay. I mean, Jesus Christ, what a few headlines that was. Um, first news story. A woman collecting seashells says she has found one that bears an uncanny resemblance to the late terror leader Osama Bin Laden. Deborah Oliver, 60, was on Winchelsea Beach, East Sussex, with husband Martin, 62, to celebrate their 42nd Wedding anniversary. Oh, that's that's lovely, Deborah. Deborah, that is lovely, honey. What should we do today, Martin? Forty-two years together, forty-two happy years. Do you want to go for a wee walk in the beach, hen? I know how much you enjoy it. We might find a dictator in a seashell. Oh, Martin, you know me so well. That'd be lovely. After discovering the shell on the floor, she said that they fell apart laughing. Fell apart laughing, Deborah. The fuckers killed thousands of people. <laughs> They've kept it as a little memento. Now, there is a picture of the, the shell. Um, I'll tweet this. Stick it up on the old Instagram. It looks like a BAFTA. Deborah, you look alright for 60, Deborah. Uh, probably could have got the nails done if you're holding that up for a picture. Although you've got a nice wee uh, tile effect going on behind you. The, it does look a bit like Bin Laden. 
wee bit. Looks like a half an oyster shell. God, this is what makes news, isn't it? Um, Deborah from Brentford, West London, also pointed out the irony of the situation. She said, funny that he was buried at sea. Oh, hilarious! Hilarious, Deborah! <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because the, the, we killed the cunt, know what I mean? Remember like, all the videos now nah, Obama looking dead worried? And the wee, the wee seals went in and shot up the fucking house and all that and killed the wife and everything and then dragged them back on the boat and fucking buried the cunt. It's dead funny, isn't it? Because now like, we've found a seashell that looks like Bin Laden. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Deborah goes on to say, it's not that often you find a seashell that looks like anyone you know. Anyone you know? You don't know him, Deborah. I don't imagine Bin Laden had a fucking... A wee holiday home in Brentford. You and Martin popped into the Baladins for a bowl of hummus and a fucking hashish pipe. Deborah continues to say, we'd all gone for a walk along the beach which is covered in millions and millions of seashells and pebbles so the chances of you finding that Deborah are fucking mad, innit? I was drawn to this curious looking shell. Looks just like a normal shell. When I picked it up, I looked at it properly and I thought, Jesus! No, no, Jesus, Deborah, or Sama. <laughs> how is this news, man? This is how fucked up the world is. A woman who finds a seashell that she thinks looks like Osama bin Laden. It could also be a fucking a toenail. If I'm being honest, it could be a fungal toenail. I've got a toenail that looks like that. I should fucking write in the paper and go, I found Bin Laden in my toenail. <laughs> well done, Deborah. Good find. Many happy years together, you and Marty boy. I hope that the next 42 are as exciting as the first. Who knows what you'll get for your next wedding anniversary. I mean, I know you get like paper, silver, gold, linen. Who knew 42nd anniversary was fucking terrorist seashell there you go second news story um, now we should put a trigger warning on this if you have a bobby or know anyone who has a bobby then this may cause you some pain in the groin area man had tweezers Stuck in his urethra for four years. Four years. And there is a fucking picture of an x-ray which looks like a, an actual full pair of tweezers doing the jap side of this guy's dick. What the fuck is going on? What is wrong with this world? Man has three-inch forceps removed from his piss hole. You dirty fucking bastard. And the way that the image is shown is the tweezer bit at the top, he's fed it in. Oh my god, I'm getting a pain in my balls just fucking reading this. Who is this dirty bastard? Doctors have taken part in a delicate, I mean I hope it would be delicate, a delicate operation to remove a foreign object. Just say the cunt's been sticking shit down his dick. A foreign object from inside a man's penis. Oh my god! The patient, 22. 22! What are you doing sticking things in your dick at 22? That's the kind of thing you do in your 60s. That's what Martin should be doing in his 42nd wedding anniversary. Forget the fucking seashell, Deborah. Go and get that cucumber and stick it to my jab side. 20, how much have you done and seen in your sexual discovery at 22 that you're sticking tweezers down your jab side? The patient, 22, who's not been named, obviously, because he'd get a fucking slag in the rest of his life, claimed he did not suffer any pain since he inserted a pair of tweezers into his urethra four years earlier. Oh my God, how can you not suffer any pain? For four years. Four years he's had him in there, he's been pissing, wanking, has he been shagging? I don't know. Doctors applied pressure on either side of the penis. Oh my God, I can't, I can't even read this. To keep the 2.7 inch tweezers closed. Oh! 
while squeezing them out from the base of the shaft. That's disgusting. I'm sick. They had to squeeze his bobby to keep them shut and say, oh my god. If they removed them while they were still open, the sharp ends could have damaged their ether. Uh, uh, you dirty fucking cunt. This world, right, see the fucking Greta Thunberg and all these fuckers in London who are on a bridge and at Trafalgar Square going, we've got to stop fucking day and stuff because the turtles are dying and the seagulls can't fly. This, there's too many people in the world, right? I don't know if you saw that video for the American woman that was all going, we got to start eating our babies. <laughs> we got to start eating our babies. Maybe no go that far eating your wains, but see cunts like this. See if you are a doctor and a fucking 22-year-old man, woman, or whatever they refer to comes in with a pair of tweezers stuck in his bobby. And you say to him, big man, how'd that happen? And his response is not, I was a wee bit drunk, we all had a drink. Then you would say, fair enough. If he then says to you, I stuck him in there four years ago and it's not caused me any pain, you put him to sleep. You put him to sleep! You don't squeeze his balls and fucking coax it out. You put him to sleep because... Oh, I can't even, I can't even read this, man. It's not known why he inserted the tweezers. That's the first question you should be asking! But some men enjoy putting items in their penis while masturbating. Who are these men and get in the fucking sea? The practice is known as sounding. What the actual fuck? Sounding. He, here's a here's a tip for you, right? And I'm going to I'm quite an open man. See if you want to do something in your life. As long as you're not hurting anybody, fucking knock yourself out. If you have got someone who shares your level of kink, get in that bedroom, or the kitchen, or the hall, whatever you want, in the comfort of your own home, and you do whatever the fuck you like. But see if somebody says to you, I want to stick something in your pee hole. You run! Don't be putting, that is a delicate, precious thing. Don't be putting anything in your, oh there's a picture of, Jesus fuck. People who have things stuck, they often don't present themselves to doctors because of embarrassment and they only seek help when problems occur. No fucking wonder. I was embarrassed going to my doctor with a fucking toenail infection. You imagine again going, listen doctor, my, my fucking big toe's looking a bit, oh, that's a fungal infection Mr Gibson, take these tablets. See while you're doing there, I'll fucking put a pair of tweezers in my balls. YouTube. <laughs> get yourself on YouTube. If you're at home and a pair of tweezers become stuck in your pee hole, get on YouTube, man. The tweezers were wiggled out while the patient was under general anaesthetic and forceps were used to finish off. Don't put the term finish off when you're talking about removing something from his dick. Oh, this is too much, man. I'm glad they didn't put this guy's name on here because I would, I would have found him and I, I, I would have... Sent him an angry email. What a disgusting bastard. Let's move on. Last news item. Man sues Apple. Uh, Apple the company, not Apple the fruit. Man sues Apple because his iPhone turned him gay. Jesus Christ almighty. A man in Russia. Of course it's Russia. Of course it's Russia. I'm not even going to read this and I'm going to say that this is a guy who has found out he's gay. Nothing wrong with that at all. He's maybe met a lovely man. They've had a nice wee relationship. His family's found out and he's went, Oh, it's my iPhone. My, the, the, the Yanks, the Americans have turned me gay. Because that is easier for Russians to accept than the fact that their son's gay. A man in Russia has launched a lawsuit against Apple. Don't imagine that'll go far. After he alleged that his phone turned him gay. D. Razmulov wants 1 million rubles. What's that? 8 pence? 16 and a half grand after he was given 69 gay coins of cryptocurrency instead of Bitcoin he had been expecting. What? The one he came with the message in English, don't judge without trying. Oh, what is going on? He did what he was told, tried it, and now he's in a relationship. So he's happy! I'm assuming he's happy. 
unless he's in a miserable issue. He wrote in court papers, I thought, indeed, how can I judge someone without trying it? I decided to try same-sex relationship. I can say after the past year two months that I'm mild in intimacy with a member of my own sex and can't get out. I have a steady boyfriend and I don't know how to explain it to my parents. This is what I just said! This is what I just said. He's met a lovely wee man. He's got a boyfriend. They've been together two months. He's quite happy and he doesn't know how to tell his parents. So he's telling his parents, Apple made him gay. Don't let him put it in your pee hole, son. i tell you that, D. Razmogonov. Right? I don't know this other guy. He's no named in this news story. Seems like a nice guy. He's gave you some gay coins. I don't know what that is. You know? You've met him two months together. Fucking many happy returns. Don't know how to tell your parents. Fuck him. It's Russia. They'll be dead in a few years. Get in touch with the KGB. Tell him you found some stuff in your dad. He's a communist. Tell him he hates Putin. Plant some stuff on your parents. Get the KGB room. Bish bash bosh. Fuck it, they're gone. Then you and your boyfriend move in the house. Quite happy, okay? If they're old school Russia, they don't understand it. You don't need to explain it to them. Get them fucking bumped off. After receiving the aforementioned message, my life has changed for the worse and I'll never be normal again. Don't say that, young man. What is normal? Nobody's normal. You are normal. You found a lovely man. You're in a happy relationship together. Move on with your life. What is gay coins? I mean, that's the fucking big question. Ruzmanov has accused Apple of manipulatively pushing him towards homosexuality since since sending him the gay coins in 2017 and was suing because of moral suffering and harm to mental health. Oh, shut up, you bobag. What's gay coins? Any gay listeners out there? What's a gay coin? I don't even understand Bitcoin. I don't even know why we still get coins. Get rid of coins. Would that help Greta? Or the planet? Fuck knows. That was a bollocks news story. I keep saying bollocks now. I'm I'm absolutely scarred by that second one. God almighty. Well, I hope we have more enough. I hope you and your boyfriend are happy together. That was your news. Bin Laden found in a seashell. Man had tweezers and he's fucking Bobby, you dirty bastard. And a Russian nut job tries to sue Apple because his iPhone turned him gay. Okay, team, that is us. End of episode two. Episode two, man. It feels it feels real now. We're fucking, we're up and running. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone who got in touch with the show as well uh, for your questions. Um, if you like to get in touch or, or follow me, the best way to do it, go to the website, scottgibsoncomedy.co.uk. Join the mailing list. Now, there will be a mail shot coming out in the next week or two with information on next year's show. It marks at the Glasgow Comedy Festival is when I debut the new show that we then take to the Fringe and take on tour. And I will be announcing uh, the first date uh, in the next week or two. There will be early bird tickets going out to everybody on the mailing list. Now, if a quarter of the people who are currently on the mailing list bought a ticket, we would already have sold out the night. So if you want a chance to get a ticket to the first night and those early bird tickets, get on the website, join the mailing list. You can get all the social links on there, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and there are some tour dates coming up. Um, November 16th, I'm in Loch Winner. We sold this out last year. It'll be an amazing night. It's a very, very beautiful venue. November 16th, Loch Winnock, and December the 1st, I'm back in Glasgow at the Glee Club with the new show, White Noise, which I will be recording on the night. So November 16th, December 1st, get in the website, hit the tour tab, and there's two new material nights coming up, October 16th in Edinburgh and November 3rd in Glasgow, where I'll be running out an hour's worth of new material. It might be some stuff for next year. It'll be some new stories. Get online, get the tickets. The music's playing. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to everyone who subscribed. If you haven't, go on SoundCloud, go on Spotify, go on iTunes. Eventually, when it's up there, Acast, Stitcher, loads of other places. Subscribe to the show, share it, comment, get in touch. Thank you for listening. Have a satisfactory week. I'll see you in the battlefield soon. Onwards! <laughs> <laughs>